This is Kerrigan and Company. Did you know that more than 90% of cyber attacks can be prevented? Focus Technology helps organizations create a cybersecurity framework to minimize your risk of being attacked. Let Focus Technology's certified team conduct an assessment to determine where the gaps are in your organization, no matter how big or small your company is. Utilizing the industry's best tools, Focus Technology's security operations team will monitor and stop bad actors before it's too late. Contact Focus Technology today at FocusTSI.com and secure your company's most valuable assets. That's FocusTSI.com. A&B Burger in Beverly and A&B Kitchen and Bar in Boston are redefining guest expectations of a casual restaurant. Both A&B restaurant locations are focused on hospitality, creative menus, and delicious food and drinks. Now, I've been to both restaurants many times and loved everything I've tried. Get to A&B Burger on Cabot Street in Beverly or head across the street from our studio at the TD Garden to A&B Kitchen and Bar in Boston today and experience the A&B difference yourself. I promise you're going to love it. Welcome to Kerrigan and Company, brought to you by A&B Burger. I'm your host, Kim Kerrigan. Keeping me company today is a man who wears a whole lot of hats. Reality TV star, restaurant owner, author, and he wears a hat that started it all. A chef's hat. This is Kerrigan and Company. Kerrigan and Company is here for you. Yes, Kerrigan and Company is here for you. Welcome, everybody, to Kerrigan and Company. We're so glad you can be with us again today and that you have found us. Now, for those of you who are just joining us for the first time, it's Kerrigan and Company because I have someone different who keeps me company each week, and I am so excited about this week's co-host. I want to introduce you, if you've never met him, or just reintroduce you, because you probably have, to Chef Jason Santos. Nice Thank to you. see nice you. Nice to be seen. It's nice to be the end company. It's exciting. <laughs> I've never been in company. Yeah, I'd really like somebody crazy. to invite me. Um, I have to tell you, I th- you couldn't hear it here in the studio, but we had the lead in to you. Um, and I said, our, our guest is someone who wears many hats. He is a reality TV yeah. star. He's an author. Yeah. Obviously, he's a restaurant yeah. owner. And then, of course, the hat that got you there, yes. which is the chef's hat. Yes. Yes. And the last time you and I saw each other, you had your chef's hat yes. on. You had been on a reality TV yes. show, but not all of this. No, no. This has evolved into something insane. I mean, 13 years ago, I believe it was, I was a contestant on Hell's Kitchen. I was the runner-up. So sadly, I lost. However, I've made a career <laughs> out of coming in second. and uh, it, just, it worked out okay, Yeah, Jason. so far, so good. I think I'll turn this into a real job. And uh, it's just evolved. I mean, I have, uh, I'll have five restaurants by this summer. Four open, one more coming. Two cookbooks. I have a beautiful daughter. I'm married. I mean, so it's a lot going on. But honestly, I just love it. Okay, so we're going to back up and just start at the very beginning yes. of all this. Um, because I'm always anxious to find out how someone becomes a chef. I mean, did you grow up all your life saying, wow, I've, I just like food? Or did somebody say to you you had some kind so of... It's, uh, it's a very interesting situation. So my dad was a Navy SEAL which is crazy. And my mom was a paramedic. And so my, I come from like a line of like a lot of state troopers and like really tough, cool jobs that save lives. And I decided, Hey, I want to make cold food hot. You know, it's like not that exciting in the grand scheme of things, but I joke and say that I've came out of the womb making aioli because I've just always loved to cook. I can't remember ever wanting to do anything else. I've only cooked. I've never had any other job. I was 15 years old. 
I worked at a snack bar in a bowling alley, and that was my first job in a kitchen, and I, and I loved it. And I remember when my parents got divorced, I was about seven years old. Uh, my grandmother would, you know, pick me and my sister up at school and kind of help out till my parents figured things out. And I remember watching PBS, and I would watch Yan Can Cook and Julia Childs and the Frugal Gourmet. And I remember being seven, eight years old, scribbling recipes down. I just, I've always loved food. So at some point, did someone say, and by the way, you're good at it? Or was there times when people would smile and walk out of the room quickly? Yeah, I, I don't think I was good at it that <laughs> young. I knew I wanted to do yeah. it. And I remember yeah. being in high school and, and wanting to go to culinary school. And, you know, I just hit the ground sure. running. And I just... It's just a sincere passion. I mean, I'm as passionate today about food as I was when I walked out of culinary school. I just, I love it. And my parents are very supportive and said, you know, if you love it, you should do it. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I feel like if you love something, you, you get to that second level because you have to love what you do, you know? Are people intimidated by your cooking skills and your culinary tongue? Because I would never want to cook for you. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> Nobody ever cooks for me. I'm I sure just want to be cooked for, you know? <laughs> but it's that's the thing. Everybody's afraid. But what I cook and what I like to eat is a little bit different. Yeah. And I'm easy. I mean, to me, like, good is good. Like, I'd rather have a great peanut butter and jelly sandwich than a bad piece of foie gras any day of the week. Yeah. So to me, it's like, doesn't need to be over the top. It just needs to be good. I mean, a great tomato in August with a pinch of salt is phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what it is you really like to cook because the restaurants are really varied. Yes. So, yes. so what is your favorite? So, I, you know, I think people ask all the time, what do you like to cook? And I, it's like, you know, if you go to a doctor and say, hey, what do you like to cure? You know, yeah. I mean, it's really kind of vague. It's a, it's a mood <laughs> thing. And it's, a, it's some days I just want to grill a steak. Some days I love cooking Asian food. So it's definitely... A mood thing. I was off yesterday. I went to an Asian store and I got super inspired. So I bought all this stuff to cook all week. So it's it's definitely a mood thing. I mean, I do have southern restaurants. I have a Mexican restaurant. So it is a little all over the place. But the common denominator is my passion for food. Let's talk about the restaurants. Yeah, sure. Do you have a favorite? It's like asking about a child, right? Um, do which one is your I, favorite? Buttermilk and bourbon is probably my favorite. Yeah. Not for any other reason than that was like my greatest leap of faith. I said, you know, I had uh, a restaurant called Abbey Lane, which we've now flipped into Nash. But I said, you know, I want to open a southern restaurant. What is this? white guy from Melrose know about Southern food. And I just said, I'm either going to go all in and it's going to be amazing or I'm going to ruin my career. <laughs> and I just went all in and it's been, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. We've oh. opened a second one, my books, and it's just, it's become such a success. I'm really glad I, I, glad I made that leap of faith. And so I think it's my favorite for the simple fact that it, I feel like that restaurant is what put me on the you map. You can't get in that place. I can't get in there. It's a tough I mean, restaurant. I mean, I'm yeah. very thankful. We, I, I still think it's bonkers that we're full every single night. Yeah. Like it's, every single it's night. Fast. It's nuts. Um, um, citrus and salt. Yes. Uh, so I, it's, cl it's closed right this very minute, yeah, so but it's about to We've reopen. been there for 10 years yeah. and our lease is up and the owners of the building want to flip it into medical building. So it's going to become a minute clinic. So unfortunately we weren't allowed to renew our lease, but knowing that I was searching for a new space, we found a new space, 319 A street, four point channel. It's stunning. And everything that we didn't have in the current restaurant, we now have. We have right. a beautiful ADC patio, a private dining mm -hmm. room. So it's like Citrus 2.0. And this place is like over the top as far Super. as aesthetics. And then there's Nash. And you yes. mentioned that. Uh, country bar. Yeah, Nash is huge. 335-seat, full live music restaurant, Southern-inspired, uh, right? 253 Tremont Street in the beautiful theater district, overlooking all the marquees of the restaurants. And it's just a really fun restaurant. I mean, I take my business very seriously. Yeah. I don't take myself very seriously. And so I just think nowadays food is different. It's about having a good time, kind of dinner of a show, mm -hmm. Instagrammable, and creating a reaction to me is way more important than technically serving something superior. So you don't take yourself seriously, but you're a guy who has blue hair. 
had blue hair for twenty four <laughs> years. I've never years. known you not to. Have I've blue never hair. known myself to not. Nobody. I have people stop me all the time and say, "Oh, I remember when you had red hair." Yeah, like you don't know me. I've had the same <laughs> brand, same color, twenty four years. That's it. Okay, so where I I know what it does for you now on yes. Hell's Kitchen, but tell me where where'd you start with the blue hair? So I was nineteen years old. I was doing my first national television segment, the Today Show. At the time, Martha Stewart was the resident chef. I thought, hey, how do I, you know, draw a reaction? I'm going to dye my hair blue in my hotel room the night before. So I get to the Today Show. They were very unhappy with me. Almost didn't even put me on the air. And uh, I did it. And at the time, it was one of their highest rated segments. And it just sort of stuck. And, you know, frankly, I'm over it. I mean, how much? I can't be 70 years old with blue hair. You know, it's getting kind of crazy. But it hides my grays. I'm very happy, and it's like a little beacon out there for people to stop me. So if I don't want to be recognized, I put on a hat, it just all goes away. Absolutely. So it's such a big part of your role yes. on Hell's Kitchen yes. because you're you're the head of the blue team. Yeah, right? it would be a little weird if I was the head of the red team, I should right? Say, well, yeah. actually, yeah. maybe that's what they yeah, ought to do. Maybe, but, yeah, but uh, tell blue me about team, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, so Hell's Kitchen right now, currently I'm the sous chef. So basically there's 18 contestants vying for a prize. The prize would be a quarter million dollars, work for Gordon Ramsay in one of his restaurants. Yeah. And so we film for three weeks. So we're, we literally have to sift through 18 people in three Where weeks. Where do you do that? So it films different every time. Oh. So it was uh, in Las Vegas. We film every other year. So okay. Las Vegas, L.A., this year it's in Connecticut. Cool. And so we have three weeks to find sort of the cream of the crop, pick the right person for the right job. It's a real job for a real chef in a real restaurant. So, Chef, how do you get on a show like that? Well, Hell's Kitchen, I basically went to an open casting, and apparently I insulted everybody in the room, and that makes for great TV, <laughs> so I became a contestant. And then after that, I sort of dabbled here and there, and I got an email from the executive producer asked me if I would be the on-air contestant for Gordon, you know, as the blue team, right. so I certainly couldn't pass that opportunity. Tell up. us about Gordon Ramsay. He's unbelievable. I mean, I think the best story that sort of sums it up is when we were filming two years ago, COVID was a thing. And because there's only four of us on camera, we're in this very tight bubble because if one of us is sick, we're done. We can't yeah. film. So we filmed three weeks. We have a week off and we filmed three weeks. But because of COVID, I couldn't go home for that week. And my wife was pregnant at the time. Gordon basically said, screw the producers. I'll fly you home. Him and I boarded his private jet. He flew me home so I could secretly be with my wife for the week. And then I took a plane home, snuck back into my hotel and was ready to film when it was time to go. But he's the greatest guy ever. You know, it's so interesting because I've, I've spoken to people who have said that same thing about yeah. him, even though we see this very volatile yes. individual sometime on TV. Yes. But down deep. This yeah, is really I mean, it's TV. Guy, I, if right? you, you yeah. know, they don't air a lot of what we do because it's sort of his show. But we're not much better than he is to these <laughs> contestants. So, I mean, it's we're pretty ruthless, yeah. you know, so. And it's, that's the show. It's called Hell's Kitchen. They Absolutely. Would, you know, it's not so sensitive there. And Bar Rescue. That's yes. another TV show yeah. that you're Bar Rescue's in. great. I have such a fun time working on the show. We, we travel the country and we save uh, bars at risk of closing and mm -hmm. failing. And mm -hmm. I just finished filming last week in Fort Lauderdale. We, you know, found this restaurant. And it's a, it's a crazy situation. I and mean, generally the common denominator is people that think it would be fun to run a bar and then get to run that bar and realize it's not as fun as it's it looks. So great. It's not as glamorous. Yeah. Let's talk about the restaurant business as a whole. It's not glamorous, is it? No, not even close. I, I mean, mean it, it's tough. It's it's crazy. I was just at a CVS like a week ago, and someone stopped me and said, what are you doing shopping? And I said, what do you mean? And they're like, you shop yourself? <laughs> My goodness, I wish I had that benefit of not shopping. But, it, you know, it's it's not glamorous. It's, mm -hmm. it's I was there at 8 o'clock this morning. I was working hard, writing menus. I mean, when it's good, it's really good. And then there are great perks. I get to be on your podcast, step out of the kitchen. It's really fun. But it's a it's it's tough work for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely. long days and it's every day and it never ends and it's yeah. a constantly evolving beast. 
So you just said that you're over the blue hair, and um, yes. and you are continuing to open restaurants, yes. though. Uh, what's what's ten years from now look like for you? I mean, you've got an eighteen month old. Ten years I from do. now, she's yeah. going to be twelve almost. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I think I'll honestly be doing what I do now. Yeah. I love it. I More mean, I restaurants, love, though. Yeah, I don't want to stop. I want to keep opening restaurants. I mean, I think they're great. I have one hundred and eighty five employees, and I'm really proud to be able to provide great paying jobs for this amount yeah. of people. So. And it's, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm good at restaurants. And so I do want to keep opening restaurants. I do enjoy being on TV. And I think it creates this little ecosystem. You know, you kind of, it's a popularity contest. People watching TV, they want to come and meet you. They come spend money and mm-hmm. get cookbooks. And it's just this little system that I enjoy. And, and because I have such great staff, I'm allowed to spend time at home with my family. So I, ha- I do have a good work-life balance and I'm so far so good. Good for you. So um, once you kind of saturate this marketplace, where do you go? What's next? I'm going to open on Mars at some point, I think, with <laughs> Elon Musk. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the area. <laughs> Elon, no so, yeah, so <laughs> <I like> the- <laughs> Boston, a little bit north. You know, yeah. I, I do want to keep it close. I, I don't really have interest of opening far like, away. You don't want to go to New York. You don't want to go to Vegas. York. I mean, Vegas, a lot of that is mm-hmm. like licensing deals where the hotels operate it. I would do that in a heartbeat, you know. Sure. But as far as me running the restaurant, I mean, I've turned down Gillette Stadium. I've turned down more than I probably mm-hmm. accepted because yeah. I want to be a part of it. Well, the great thing, the advantage that you have, for I would think for like opening a licensing yeah. type deal in Vegas is that you're known because of the TV shows. Yes, yes, and that's so, that's I mean, where that know, ecosystem comes. Absolutely, in. It really helps. So, you know, but I just uh, I'm hoping to open another restaurant this fall if all goes right, and uh, just kind of keep going. So, chef, what do you tell people who say, "Oh, I'm going to open up a restaurant"? Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I, say. I can't just be ready to work. Be ready to work. work. Get phone calls all night long, texts all night yeah. long, emails all night long. I mean, it's it's never ending, and you have to sort of compartmentalize it all and take your day off. Like yesterday, I took my first day off in like two weeks and I didn't answer the phone. I didn't, you know, answer an email. And then I woke up this morning and had twice as much work to do. So Worst story that you can remember in a restaurant. I have, I have a story. I'll never forget this. I was in a restaurant in Marblehead. It was Valentine's Day and the chef got angry and walked out and the whole place was packed and we were mid-meal and everything stopped. Yes. I, I think the craziest thing that I've seen in a restaurant is I worked in a restaurant who I will not name. And it was a Saturday night and we had the ticket rail full of tickets. And the chef at the time, and I was I think I was the sous chef, got angry with this cook. And the cook walked by, took all the tickets and threw them into the grill and walked out. So we were in the middle of a Saturday night, had no tickets, didn't know what we were cooking. And it obviously made for a very hectic night. Yeah. We got through it. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just so many... Things I think that can happen in restaurant settings that are volatile that you can really. I mean, it's different every day. I mean, yes, it's a restaurant, but it's different. Different people, different requirements, different food allergies. I mean, it's every single day is different. You have to be on your toes. All right. So you're now an author. Yes. Tell me about that. It's horrible. Writing a book (laughs) almost broke me. If there's anything to break me, it would be writing books. All right. I got to hold these up now for our people who are listening. They can't see. But for those of you um, who are watching, this is the most recent book, and yes. it's Simple Fancy. Yes. That feels very much like you. Yes. I, I think, I mean, for one, the last book I read was Chocolate Fever in third grade. So my attention span when it comes to reading is not good. So to write a book, you have to really hunker down and, and get into it, and you have to test the recipes and reread it and double check it. Yep. But Buttermilk and Bourbon was a great book out of the restaurant. Um, a little more involved for the home cook, I think. So this, with the name Simple Fancy, very yeah. geared towards the home cook. Stuff you can cook all night long. Really kind of fun stories in there. And it's just a fun, good food book. Where do people get the books? There, I mean, anywhere books. Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, website, it. my website, restaurant's website. 
so black market. I, I think I heard you just say you're not writing another one anytime soon. <laughs> I might write one more. I have one more on the table, and I keep saying I'll never open another restaurant. Open another restaurant. I'll never write a book. I never write a book. <laughs> there needs to be enough time to go by where I forget how much I hated it, and then I do it again. <laughs> Misery loves company. I mean, that's the way I think all of us feel about yes. big projects, yes. right? Yeah. It's great till it's not great. Right. And maybe then I'll get back to it. All right. Hey, listen, we do this thing called Fast Five. It's brought to us by Focus Technology. Great. Um, our engineer, Pete, is going to start a clock. Okay. And we get 30 seconds. Great. And it's nothing that you can't answer, but if you can't, then Dave grabs a, a big hook, and then they pull oh, you out I of here. I can't wait. I would love to see this. So, uh... <laughs> If we are ready, yes. let's start our Focus Technology Fast Five. Great. Your favorite chef? Um, Thomas Keller. Tom, who is Thomas Keller? Thomas Keller owns the French Laundry in Per Se in New oh, York. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Very beautiful. Your favorite food to eat? Um, right now I'm on a big Vietnamese kick. Anything pho, banh mi's, anything. I love Vietnamese food. Do you cook it yourself? I do. My wife is Vietnamese, and I cook a lot. And I loved the food before I loved her, so it's been going on forever. Fantastic. Your favorite food to cook? Um, I am, I'm loving cooking steaks. I think there's something amazing about it. Season it, cooking it right, some salt at the end. It's delicious. TV series, The Bear, yes or no? 100%. Yeah? Coolest thing ever. Very real, really fun. So fun that I get very stressed when I watch it. All right. And which is your favorite? Restaurant? Yeah. Owning? Writing a book? TV? Which one? Oh, man. I mean, there's the PC answer. I, I enjoy TV because it gets me out of the kitchen and I really get to help people achieve dreams. Very good. See there, and we didn't yeah. even have to pull the hook. You did a yeah, great job. Great. I'm ready for five more. <laughs> All right. So listen, we work. We want to in our next segment. You're going to help me out here. We're going to talk to uh, the founder and co-owner of Boston Casting about how you get a gig Amazing. like you yeah. have had, yeah. and we'll see if she can give us some tips. And right. who knows? Great. Maybe you and I will be on yeah. yet another show. Right? It's great. Let's go. <laughs> All right. You're listening to Caregiving Company. You know, after the podcast, a lot of times we head over to A&B Kitchen and Bar across the street from our big night studio. It's right here at the TD Garden. I got to tell you, folks, I love it there. My problem is that I can never decide what I'm going to order. So the last time I was there, I had the Mediterranean Bowl. It really is one of my favorites. It's a mix of quinoa, kale, fried chickpeas, red onions, cucumber, and my favorite, feta cheese. I've also had the turkey burger there, and on top is melted brie. Oh, it is fantastic. I usually have fries. Mm, so, so good. My mouth is already watering. Next time I go, I am definitely going to try the spicy tuna poke bowl. Whatever I decide, I know it's never going to disappoint me. That is for sure. Be sure you check it out. It's A&B Kitchen and Bar right across from the TV Garden. Do you know what generative AI is and how your company can ensure employees are more productive? Focus Technology can help you master the use of Microsoft's newest tool, Copilot. This powerful tool can help your team speed up many of their daily tasks by enabling hands-on learning directly with the software. It can summarize long emails, generate drafts of long documents, and search for answers to key questions. Copilot represents a unique opportunity for businesses to accelerate their understanding of what generative AI can deliver for their company. Contact Focus Technology today to learn more at focustsi.com and bring your organization into the AI revolution. That's focustsi.com. If you like rum, you're going to love Rumson's Rum, New England's most award-winning rum brand. Rumson creates distinctive and savory flavor profiles by hand-selecting and marrying the finest barrel-aged Caribbean rums. 
The spirits are then blended and finished in the New England Rum House. Choose from Rumson's Gold, Spice, Grand Reserve, or Coffee Rum, which is smooth and sweet with a warm roasted coffee flavor, a hint of vanilla, and a decadent buttery finish. Find Rumson's at liquor stores or ask for it at your favorite restaurant. Learn more at rumson's.com. That's rumson's.com. Rumson's. Life lived. Life enjoyed. This segment of Kerrigan and Company is brought to you by Lucia Lighting and Design, where people in the know go for the best possible lighting and design experience. Welcome back, everybody, to Kerrigan and Company, of course, brought to us today by A&B Burger. We thank them very much for being a part of our lives here uh, on the podcast. With me today is my co-host, is Chef Jason Santos. We've been having a good time. Yeah, so far, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Great place. I'll hang out here every day. Oh, well, that's a deal. Yeah, Let's great. do it, huh? Great. Couldn't we turn this into some kind of reality show? Yeah, we'll just Kerrigan and Jason. It's very simple. <laughs> we'll just sit here and talk and talk and drone on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we are joined by the founder and the co-owner of uh, Boston Casting. Uh, this is Angela Perry. Great to have Angela with us today. And we thought this would just be so perfect because obviously Jason is uh, a reality television star. He's on two television shows. And Angela, this is right up your alley for sure. So we thought we would get you on to talk a little bit more about what it takes to be casted. So first off, great to see you. Great to see you too. You you know I was looking for you this month. Did you get any of my emails? I well, I think I got a couple. Yes. I, okay, uh, you were busy because I wanted you in the James L. Brooks movie with Woody Harrelson and Jamie Lee Curtis to play. Guess what? The newscaster. Uh oh. Well, did you already you cast it? Perfect. Yes. Oh, darn. Well, next time, yes. okay. Next time, yes, because you're really perfect for those roles. Because I will tell you the casting. People to do news on TV. You people have a cadence that the actors just can't, you know, they try, but they can't sound like an anchor or a newscaster. So we usually have to go and get the real thing. So, Angela, let me just tell you that that was a compliment from you. At home, my family says, don't start that news anchor thing with us, Mom. (laughs) Isn't it so funny? Every time I watch the news, it's like the articulation of words, the timing, everything (laughs) is so almost poetic. (laughs) Oh, there you go. I'm going to tell my family that. This is poetic. Yeah. Now, Jason, what shows are you on? Uh, I'm currently on Hell's Kitchen and Bar Rescue. Oh, nice, 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 nice. I love the But I'm looking for a third if you know anything. So how would he get a third? Well, you know, I think you just have to put your pitch together. Yeah. What's your pitch? I've been to your Southern Hospitality restaurant in Boston. You have. Oh, that's where I met you. You don't remember? I do remember. I'm agreeing. (laughs) Yes. Um, I loved it because we don't, I don't know what a beignet was before I went there and my cousins were raving. We're going to go for beignets. Is my saying it correctly? Yes. Yes. It's great. I mean, a beignet, if if you don't know what it is, is this beautiful fluffy fried donut that we toss in an insane amount of powdered sugar. It's delicious. New Orleans are bust, oh, right? It's the best. Absolutely. Right. Okay, so Angela, in all seriousness, people who are maybe listening and they they want to get on a reality show like Jason did in the very beginning. Um, and, and I realize, uh, I recognize that he's a chef, so he got on on something that was related to that. But what do you need to do or, or you know, you said put together a pitch. That wouldn't be Well, for no, everyone, and right? I think this still relates to Jason and I'm going to 
finish that question with Jason. And this relates to also for the listeners. Mm -hmm. You need to put together a pitch. Guess what? You're the brand. Is there something special about you that we would want to watch you cook? Say it was a food show. Like you have clips now from all your shows. And now you can come in with the new pitch, which would be how to make a beignet. Let's do a beignet contest. You know that guy that those guys, it's the funniest show, the two New York guys, and they go all over the world tasting pizza. I mean, they came up with that concept. They made a pitch video. We do, we call it a one page. So give me one page about your show. We don't want to watch, read pages and pages, just a one page Mm -hmm. of a pitch. I I think TV is very different now. I think, you know, you probably agree, Angela, 15 years ago is about the talent. And you just show up and say, I'm the talent. What do you have for me? Now every production company wants it bundled, beautiful, bow on top. Here's everything. The sizzle reel is already filmed and they're good to go. So um, now you've talked about how somebody who has a name like Jason can get on. But let's talk about how just the average person listening, let's say they want to be on uh, The Amazing Race, for example. What would you need to do? Okay, so you go, you go, you watch that show, and at the end of the show, they usually say now, mm-hmm. if you'd, because that's what happened to us at Boston Casting. We would cast the first show, then the show would get popular, and they didn't need us anymore. So it usually at the end of the Amazing Race, it says, if you'd like to be on the show, go to our website, and it tells you how to how to how to put yourself in. So anybody can be on TV right now, really. Right, it's, it's, right, right, right. But, but I mean, yeah, anybody can be, but how do you stand out, Angela? I mean, anybody can be on TV, you're right, but how do you stand out? Dye your hair blue. There you go. Yes, dye your hair blue. <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, you have, to have, you have to have a personality. An accent doesn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, bigger the personality, the better, because we, nobody wants to watch in Italian, we used to call it the moke. Nobody wants to watch the moat. You're a moat today. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch the moat. We want to watch the girl that's a vivacious. So you have to have a good personality. An accent helps. Uh, but you have to be able to be understandable. I've mm-hmm. actually had clients say, oh, my God, that Boston accent so hard. We'll need subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> They don't like our Boston accent. You know, I spent my whole sometimes. life getting rid of my Boston I, yeah, accent. I can't. Oh, how's your mother, kid? Did I haven't you? seen her forever. Like, it's brutal. <laughs> maybe that's what, yeah, that's, maybe that's, that's what I need can for I your next one. Now I sound right? like I'm from Canada. So, Angela, yeah. tell us about, real quickly here, um, tell us about some of the projects that are coming to Boston. Well, right now, let's talk about the projects we have at the Oscars. Yeah. We have two at the Oscars, we yeah. have uh, Holdovers mm-hmm. and American Fiction. Both were shot here in Boston. My my business partner cast both films, so I'm going to leave um, that to her to speak yeah. of the films. So she can give you the, the, you know what's so funny? I say this, Kim, all the time. Jason, I say this. I'm going to give you the 411. <laughs> and all the young people go, what's the 411? <laughs> they don't do that anymore. <laughs> Oh, you used to call 411 for information. Remember, Jason, you probably don't. I don't know, know Angela, how you don't have your own show. <laughs> oh, you need I've subtitles. Been asked, I know. I've been asked, uh, wait a minute, I've been asked 11 times to be married and 13 times to have my own show. But we have to say no. We have to say no because, because Hollywood, it's everything secret. Oh, we don't yeah. we want everything secret. We have to sign an NDA. So then it would hurt my business because Hollywood would come into town and be like, 
Should we hire that lady that has that crazy, that crazy lady from the TV that has her own show? Yeah. So I have to say no. But when I retire, maybe. When I retire. <laughs> so but, we got um, the two, we got the two movies, American Fiction and the yeah, Holdovers. And then we have a bunch of movie, a bunch more movies coming out. Um, the Parenting with the guy from Succession. We have another movie called Aftermath, where they blow up the Tobin Bridge. We are another movie that's coming that we're gonna shoot. It's about it's about the Carol Stewart story. And Charles, mm, right? Yeah, Carol and Charles Stewart. Yeah, we're going to tell you the real story of how it really, what, what really <laughs> happened. The bridge is blown up, right? right. Isn't that a conflict That's of interest? A, we've got a bit of a problem <laughs> with this story. You feel one before the other. <laughs> and then, um, what else do we have? We have like a bunch. It was a really good, good season. Unfortunately, right. Julia, Jason, did you watch that? I, I have not yet. Oh, you are going to love it. Mostly everybody from Cambridge loses their mind because Julia lived in Cambridge. Um, the Julia Child TV series mm-hmm. with, um, I forget, Lancaster, who played Julia to the T. So we had two seasons here in Boston. They showed GBH. It was really great. And now it didn't get picked up for yeah. a third. But I highly recommend it. Right. Highly recommend my favorite actor right now is David Ewing. I think his name is from Beef. Have you watched Beef? Yes, yet? lead I have. guy in. Beef. I know it's not a Boston thing, but I just love him so much. I'm 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 a little obsessed. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Boston's a place to be. I'll tell you, Kim. Actors left here because they like want to go pursue their career in New York and L.A. And guess what? Once we had a tax incentive, they all came home. Yeah, absolutely. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm amazed at how many things are shot here. And when you're watching movies, how many of them are right here in Boston? And you guys at Boston Casting have certainly been a big part of it. So, Angela Perry, we thank you so much. And uh, listen, next time you need a newscaster, call me. Yes, I will. And Jason, I'll see you at I'll see you at the restaurant. Yes, and if she's sick, I'll be a great newscaster too. We'll dye my hair. (laughs) Things are looking up. Thanks, Angela, very much. Thanks. Bye now. All right, everybody, stay with us. You're listening to Kerrigan and Company. I have to tell you, folks, I think lighting in your home is one of the most important things that you can do to keep the house updated. And when I need new lighting, I head to Lucia Lighting and Design. Their spectacular 10,000-square-foot showroom inside a beautiful mansion in Lynn, Massachusetts, is decorated with both architectural and decorative lighting in every single style. From crystal and traditional to contemporary and modern, the selection is absolutely unmatched. Whenever I'm looking for new lighting, as I mentioned, I head to Lucia Lighting and Design. And when I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking for, I rely on the expert guidance of their design team. I know that they can help me. Learn more and book your appointment today. It's lucialighting.com. Big Night Studios is now open for all content creators. Are you looking to start a podcast? Looking to expand your brand? Then visit BigNightMedia.com. Check out our rates, check out the studio, and see all the podcasts we have to offer. That's BigNightMedia.com. This segment of Kerrigan & Company is brought to you by Great Point Wealth Advisors. If you're close to retirement and want a better plan for the future, connect with GreatPointWealth.com today. That's GreatPointWealth.com. 
they can help. Welcome back, everybody, to Kerrigan and Company, brought to us by A&B Burger. I am here with Chef Jason Santos. He is keeping me company today, and you're doing a good job Thank of you. It's it, nice to be way. here. We, we've already made the decision that we're going to go out on a reality tour. Yes. Uh, we don't know what it is we're going to try, yeah. but we're going to go we're out gonna and make reality something. is what we're going to do. We're going to make reality. Yes. Yes. We'll do a reality that. show, but a reality show. I love that. It, maybe if we make really great reality, we could be up for an Oscar. Yes. And our next guest could be nice. help us figure that out. And I think this is a real stretch. Get matching tattoos and just <laughs> go into the sunset. We are joined right now by Lisa LaBelle. She's the co-owner and a casting director at uh, Boston Casting. Great to have you with us, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You guys see some really cool stuff over there at uh, Boston Casting. And now, thanks to tax breaks in the state, uh, you guys must be just so crazy busy trying to cast all kinds of things. It used to be commercials and TV shows, and now it's big-time movies. Yeah, we've had such a year. I mean, the holdovers, American fiction, you know, Academy Award-nominated film shot entirely in Massachusetts. Yeah, just like you said, we couldn't have imagined this 15 years ago. Okay, um, so I need to understand what a casting director does because I'm, you know, I understand that obviously you're probably choosing or help choose it, uh, some of the people who are in this film, but start us, you know, walk us through it. Yeah, How's it work? I think probably a lot of people feel that way. You know, casting directors are now going to be nominated for Oscars starting yeah. in 2026. This is a brand new thing. And I think um, like you, a lot of people don't, really know exactly what that is, um, what we do. So locally here in New England, the film comes with um, the leads. Mm -hmm. You know, it will have the four or five leads already cast with an L.A. casting director who starts working on that before us. Um, And then every other actor on screen, every actor, every extra comes out of our office. So we have actors who are doing pages of dialogue, and then we have background extras. And, you know, some directors like to see every single actor. You know, we go through, we we watch a lot of auditions, and we try to pick, you know, who we think really encapsulates that role and and present those to the director as options. Sure. So in a, in a movie like Holdovers, obviously it came with Giamatti. Um, but, I mean, yeah. you know, h- how far down in that movie was was your casting? Yeah, so it came with Giamatti and then Susan Shotmaker, who's mm-hmm. my colleague, who I love to work with her. She just won the BAFTA for casting. She cast Divine and Dominic. Okay. Um, and then the parents who came in um, and that pr- headmaster principal. Yes. I think that's it. So is this all like office-based or are you actually on set all day with them? No, we don't go to set. Got it. Yeah, we are office-based. I mean, we used to audition every actor in person in our office. We have three studios here. So COVID hit, actors started doing their first round of casting from um, self-tapes. And it, you know, some actors are finding it hard because they're not getting a lot of direction from us. But... What's great is that we can see so many more people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, that we can really cast a wide net and let lots of people audition and and really see more. So I think at the end of the day, um, it really is good for everyone. And then Alexander Payne had callbacks in person with the people he liked. He met them here in our studio 
read with them, directed them, and then made his decision. So, Lisa, these people, though, they're not all coming from New England necessarily. I mean, they, they could possibly be coming from other parts of the country, right? At the the casting we do is called local casting. Okay. So everybody is local, and our region is New England. Wow. So in order to be cast as a local, you must reside in New England because, you know, there are union rules, right? You can't travel from somewhere and not be put up or, you know, if you're getting traveled in, sure. that's different than being hired as a local. So when you're hired as a local, you're expected to get yourself to set and, you know, go home at the end of the day. Do you have, Come to, back with, do you have to do those kinds of things with the shows? No, we, I mean, I'm not on any shows like that, but I'm, everything's paid for and yeah. stuff with travel. Cause it's a travel show, Bar Rescue and Hell's Kitchen's on a TV set for two months. So, sure. I mean, we go there and are taking well care of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I just didn't realize, Lisa, I guess, that all of those actors, even if it's being cast out of here, would be from here. So, obviously, there's a pretty big pool here in New England. Oh, it's so great. I mean, if you think of it budget-wise, right, the the production comes in, they want to cast as many locally as they can, right, and save on flights, trains, hotel, all of that. So, what's been happening is the pool here of really talented actors has gone up. Whether people have decided not to move because there's work here, whether they've decided to move back mm -hmm. because there's work here. Um, so we're finding media roles for locals, which is amazing. And you know what? We keep stepping up, right? We keep delivering and films keep coming back. And at what point is this going to be called Hollywood East? I know it is. There's a Facebook group called Hollywood East. I know. It's great. I mean, think of it. It's a great place to shoot. That's terrific. All right. You know, so you're the mountains, the beach, yeah. everything, the city, the, you know, it's Absolutely. all, all yeah. right here. Anything coming up that you're excited about? We're, we have something happening now in Rhode Island. Okay. That's pretty exciting. You know, we signed an NDA, so yeah. lips are sealed. Yeah. Um, so we can't really talk about things until... Um, they're out in the theaters. <laughs> okay. All right. So wait and see. Wait and see. Lisa LaBelle, thanks so much for being a part of Kerrigan and Company. Appreciate it. Thank you, Kim. Great right. to see you guys. Thank Great you. to see you as well. Bye. Bye-bye. You're Bye. listening to Kerrigan and Company. Is your life getting more complex? Maybe jobs are changing, you're nearing retirement, shifting family dynamic, uncertainty about your financial future. It may be the right time to contact our sponsor, Great Point Wealth Advisors, for holistic planning and advice. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Listen to their short-form podcast, Great Points, on most streaming platforms or contact them at greatpointwealth.com. That's greatpointwealth.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Kerrigan and Company, brought to us by A&B Burger. I mean, my co-host today has been Chef Jason Santos. This has been such a delight. Such a great time. It's if so you're fun. not blue-haired, what are you going to be? Gray, probably. <laughs> yeah, not by choice. Yeah, That's why right. I'm keeping the blue hair. <laughs> I know. People call you Blue Jay, don't they? Yeah, that was my nickname coined by Gordon Ramsay 13 years ago. And so when I'm walking down the street and I hear Blue Jay, I automatically know that's a Hell's Kitchen fan. Yeah, absolutely. How do you keep it that way, my friend? A I, it's lot amazing of hair you have hair. A lot. You know, it's funny. The funny story is in my whole family, every man in my family is stone cold bald. And I'm the one that puts so much crap on my head, and I have a full mane of hair. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and it is still Lucky. There. We still love growing. That. We love that. I wish 
I could take a pill and just have it grow blue and be done with it. <laughs> oh, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, because that's that's not easy to do. No, it's that's a lot of upkeep. Easy. It's, it's you know, beauty is pain. That's what they say. Thank you, my yeah. friend. Thank you for acknowledging such a thing. It is so true. I wouldn't know, but, <laughs> you know, this is my natural yes. color of hair. Yes. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, listen, we've been chatting about it. And, you know, you got the two reality shows. And you said, well, I'd like to have a third. Are you serious? Would you like yeah, to have I mean, a third? I love TV. I think the greatest thing is when you're passionate about what you do and I'm very passionate about food and I love me if I'm being honest I love personality I love everything that's like big personality and cooking and I like to help people so I think you know traveling the country and and doing good really is this like full circle because I've learned a lot from what not to do on these shows and I've learned a lot of what to do so it's really great to kind of pay it forward a little bit yeah I mean I think I think TV is a lot of fun and I do love the idea that you use it in a way you know, reality yeah. TV in a way that ultimately does. I mean, look what reality TV yeah. did for you. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And I think it's like when you can have this little ecosystem that allows you to be me, like I'm not an actor. If you gave me, you know, in all of hell's kitchen, I had two lines and I panicked. I had no cards for two sentences. I'm not an actor. Right. I'm just me. And it just happens to yeah. work out for these shows. So the fact that I get to be me and cook great food and meet cool people, I mean, it's like the greatest thing ever. But do you ever think it's a little bit stilted? I worry about reality TV because people, you know, when reality TV started, it was like back MTV. Remember, yes. they started yes. it. And those people had no idea how that was all going to come yeah. out. And so whatever happened sort of yeah. happened. But then after a while, people realized, well, if I play a certain role, right. then I'm going to get more airtime, so on and so yeah. forth. And so as a contestant on Hell's Kitchen, I actually knew that. I said, hey, wait a second. This is not just about food. This is about personality. So I made sure... I was the first person to walk in the room, get the most camera. I was just enough, you know, loud when I had to be. And so I think now reality television, unfortunately, in a lot of shows, is very overproduced. Yeah. And and that's not fun. And thankfully, the two shows I'm on are exceptionally real. Bar Rescue, I was a big fan of the show before I was on it. And I really was like, this can't be real. These people can't. It is one million percent <laughs> real. These people are really out there. The stories are out there. It's amazing. And I think it's... uh. It's really refreshing to watch a show that you can feel is real. And being on a show, when I watch some of these shows, you can tell they're overproduced. And yeah. it's like where the camera angles are. And it's, it's kind of painful. Sometimes, sometimes. I get a little irritated yeah. with them. I have to yeah. be honest. And I feel like I'm losing brain cells. Of course. So you know, I, I really do. But I do love shows like the ones that you're on. Yeah. And I'm not saying that just because you're here. Because I think the reality of those, I mean, somebody's either a good chef or they're yeah. not. They can either do it in the time period or they can't. I mean, my favorite thing about reality television is this terrible TV. But it's such an easy watch and it's fun and you're always rooting and there's always a bad sure. guy and it's just it's great and it's fun to sit back after a long day and just watch some simple tv so in all honesty do you have a third idea and you I don't, do you do but yeah. maybe you don't want to say no, what of it course is. i can so i have no ndas and nothing to hide but i have a cousin who's a very famous um music producer she her name is linda perry and she was the lead singer for non blondes and she's, you know, wrote Christina Aguilera's music. She just finished Ringo Starr's music. Her and I are pitching a TV show as we speak um, where basically she plays, we'll travel, it's going to be called The Blue Plate, and we'll travel around all these diners and basically see what their specialty is. I'll recreate it, and she'll put a concert on the parking lot and, and you know, have all these A-list singers come, and it's this great show. So we're in the middle of trying to make that happen right now. That is so yeah. fun. Yeah, really fun. So it's not going to do away with your blue hair, no, though. No, please, it'll <laughs> just guarantee I'll have to have it for another twenty years. 
Exactly. That's so fun. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Very well, exciting. We're going to keep our fingers crossed we'll for see. you. We'll see. We'll see. This has been a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank I you so much so for having me. I am so glad that you came in yeah. to join me. And uh, I'm going to get over Nash Bar. That's my yes, next stop. That's the next okay? stop. Yep. And again, citrus and, and, and salt. We think. Yes. New citrus and salt open 100% in March. Hopefully okay. by the end of the month. 319A Street, Four Point Channel, Citrus 2.0. That's what we're calling it. Oh, I absolutely love it. Jason Santos, you're a ball. Thank, Thank you so you much. very much. And everybody, I'm so glad you could be with us this week. Be sure you check this out wherever you get your podcast, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Kerrigan and Company. To find out who will keep me company and be my co-host on the next episode, be sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, X, and TikTok. Kerrigan and Company is recorded at the Big Night Studios at the TD Garden in Boston. You can view the podcast on YouTube and listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure you tell a friend. The executive producer of Kerrigan and Company is David Thompson. Our engineer is Peter Hurley. And our social media managers are Grace Kerrigan, Colby Thompson, and Riley Thompson. See you next time. Yes, Kerrigan and Company.